TYB On The Run with your host, Katie Haldane. This is your daily Bible blast, the perfect fit for your busy life. Just one chapter, one revelation. This will change your life. Hi, TYB On The Run. Welcome to the book of James. Now, James is such an incredible text. Why? First and foremost, this is the brother of Jesus that didn't believe in Jesus when Jesus was alive. After the resurrection, he believed in Jesus and becomes the head of the Jerusalem church um, after Peter. So we've got this incredible opportunity sit at the feet of a guy who knew Jesus more intimately than most because he was the family member. And we get to have this text of great wisdom. So I'm going to read it to you and then we're going to go into it. James 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. This is James, the brother of Jesus, 
Like I said in the beginning of this on the run, this is the guy that grew up with Jesus. Now, we know from the gospel accounts that when Jesus was alive on the earth, the the guy, his family did not actually believe that he was the son of God. That would have been a really huge thing to to believe. You know, your your stepbrother, your older um, stepbrother, all of a sudden, once he's 30, I mean, there was little bits and pieces throughout his life that you could kind of tell that, you know, Mary was very protective of him. And, you know, at 12, he, he, he did this thing with the temple and said, I had to be in my father's house. And, you know, for two days, my parents were panicked about this. But the age of 30, all of a sudden, you become an absolute disgrace to your Jewish family. You start saying things more than what the Pharisees are saying. You start questioning the Pharisees. So from a Jewish perspective, the family would have been absolutely mortified at the actions of Christ. They would have been like, why are you doing this? Even from Mary's perspective, knowing that he was the Messiah and knowing he's the son of God, his actions didn't reflect what the Pharisees and he, her religion were telling her the Son of God acted like. So don't, sometimes we, we look at this account and Mary actually comes in to question Jesus. It's like, how did Mary, the Messiah was never meant to, in the Jewish eyes, to look like this. He was never meant to be like this. He was never meant to, to he was meant to take over Rome and be a warrior like um, Judas Maccabee. So you've got this sense of this family trying to wrestle with who Jesus is. And I love that this is the account of James. Now, James is the most wisest guy. I love the book of James because it's meaty. It's wisdom. It's like every sentence has has 30 years of wisdom on it. It's not just about knowledge. And I can I say knowledge and wisdom are completely different. Knowledge is is when you gain knowledge, it's like it's like understanding things. But when wisdom is different, why? Wisdom has actions. Wisdom has legs. You can have the knowledge that a tomato is a, is a fruit, which is crazy, but you've got to have the wisdom to know not to put that in a fruit salad. Some of us have knowledge of, of the Bible without practical wisdom. And what James is doing here is saying your knowledge is nothing. What you have to do is have practical wisdom. So let's jump in. This is kind of like the Proverbs of um, of our Old New Testament, and you can really feel it as you're in the text. Now, num- James 1, 1 says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. How did James, the brother of Jesus, get to the point where he could call Jesus Lord? That's a huge step. And we know at the resurrection when Jesus came back, it says in Acts that he visited James and imagine that moment of him just popping in and saying, hey, and James trying to sort out in his head that this is his earthly brother, but he is so much more. That's the revelation as Christians that we need to have, that Jesus is our best friend and he was here on the earth, but he is so much more. So to the point where James is able to say in his opening of his letter, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Two, the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Now, these 12 tribes, what's he talking about? It's a very Jewish understanding with the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Now, I know in Acts, in the account of Acts, that when Stephen was martyred, James is the head of the church at that stage. So we've got this moment. We've got Peter and John in the beginning of Acts. And then we have by Acts 15, James is in charge. How do I know that? Because in the council of Acts 15, he actually speaks last. So I know by Acts 15, James is in charge. So in Acts, we have this, Acts 7, we have this leadership of the Jerusalem church and Stephen is martyred and he is martyred by 
the Pharisees, and Saul of Tarsus. Now, Saul in Acts 9 goes off and gets saved. But what happens is in Acts 8, there is this moment where it actually says the Christians were scattered at that point. Because of the persecution that Saul was involved in, the Christians got scattered. So James is writing to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. This is a very early letter, guys, in, in the timeline of New Testament. This is this is about 40s. So we are only maybe 10 years after Jesus had died and we're at this point where the churches have been scattered and James, the head of the church in Jerusalem, who remained in Jerusalem until he died a martyr in about 62 AD. So James remains in Jerusalem and kind of runs the church in Jerusalem. Now you hear throughout Acts that Paul is sending um, tithes and offerings back to the church in Jerusalem. This is James. He's full of wisdom. He's full of strength. He's very Jewish. He's black and white. Now, he's not just black and white. He is black and white with this beautiful poetic sound. Did you hear that? When he speaks, it's like he, he lures you in with poetry and then slaps you up the side of the head with wisdom. It's like, oh, my gosh, how did you just change my thinking with this beautiful rhetoric? So let's have a look. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. The word of God is going to contradict and teach you how to act differently in circumstances to what your emotions want you to act. James says here, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials. I have to say when I'm facing a trial, I am not considering it pure joy. I'm probably whinging and complaining and God, why me? The Bible, when we come to James, the wisdom of James is do not act like your emotions tell you to act within a trial. Switch your perspective. Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. Why? Because you know. If you don't know why why you're going through that trial, you will react incorrectly. And he says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And then he goes on. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. The topic of um, the topic within James, the pinnacle topic is maturity in Christ. So you're going to hear the language of mature and complete, not lacking anything. Oh, this is my favorite scripture, and I quote this over myself every time I write an essay and every time I do a TYB. <laughs> if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. This is rare. Because in those times, wisdom was gained through knowledge, through, through, through gaining education. And he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, don't run after those things. Just ask God. Some of us go through a trial and we run after um, things that we think are going to get us through that trial without stopping and asking God. I'm going to ask you, TYB, what today are you going through that you haven't actually got the wisdom of God on? And maybe it's time to stop and get that wisdom because it says here, you should ask God who gives generously without finding fault. Meaning when you ask, he's going to give it to you. It says this, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Can you hear his beautiful imagery. You're like, oh my gosh, he's almost poetic. It's like this Proverbs moment that um, that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Can you hear it? He woos you in. But when you ask, just, you know, believe and not doubt, because when you doubt, you're like a wave of the sea blown about and then straight whacking on the head. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. James is very strong in in the sense of black and white. He's saying, if you do this, this is good. If you don't, then 
black and white, you're unstable. And he kind of calls it as it is. And I like people that do that. That's why I love the book of James. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. Can you see how what he's doing, like in Proverbs, Proverbs gives you two choices in life. And it tells you in Proverbs, it tells you, you either live this way, God's wisdom, or you live the other way, wisdom and folly. James does exactly the same thing, but he reverse, you can kind of hear the reverse. He says, believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. Can you hear that it's about your perspective? He reverses it and he says, if you are in humble circumstances, you are actually in a high position. He says, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wild flower. Again, the rich humiliated, the humble high position. He's reversing the wisdom of the world. He's swapping it around and he's saying, you think this is wise? I'm telling you that's foolish. Just like Proverbs. Let's have a look. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossoms falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Can you hear the very practical nature of the book of James? It's practical. And we're going to get into this point where he says, if you're not doing your Christianity, then I question it. He gets quite strong in this. Now, it's very practical because can I say, just like Proverbs, Proverbs are practical life application. It's not about knowing Proverbs. It's about doing Proverbs. Same with James. It's not about knowing this not, um, scriptures. It's about doing them. He says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown gives birth to death. Oh my gosh, you could spend a whole sermon just on that. Here is this kind of road to death is what James is presenting. Just like, again, in Proverbs, we've got the the two roads that we have to choose. And James is saying here, when you get tempted, there is a road that you can go on. He says, for God cannot be tempted. It's not God tempting you, one. He says, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil um, desire and enticed. You can choose the road of godly wisdom. You can choose that road, but you can be enticed onto a road of temptation. This is what he's saying. Then after desire, so once you're on that road, you kind of, your desire leads you down that road. You know, sin is hard to sometimes. And when you get a thought in your head, you've got to just rebuke it in Jesus' name. I cast it down in Jesus' name as soon as it comes into my head because I am not being led down that road, even in my thought patterns. I'm not wasting my time on that. Sometimes when sin comes in and entices you, you can actually align your desire with it is what James is saying. When you align your desire with sin, you're in trouble. And he says this, then after desire has conceived, after after it's kind of been conceived, it gives birth to sin. So once you align your desire with that sin, once you focus on it, once you concentrate on it, once you dwell in it, once you once you think about it, then you've got an issue because that gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, gives birth to death. Can can you hear how James is giving you the wisdom of the two ways? Either God, if you lack wisdom, ask God. Or over here, when you're tempted, this is what you do. Do not let your desires be connected with that temptation. 
said, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all created. He said, guys, when you are tempted, know that your God is good. Know that he is the Father of heavenly lights lights, and stand in the word of truth. That's this, this moment. Oh, my gosh. I could wrestle with this forever, guys, but I'm just giving you a summary of James. Go back and wrestle with this. Let's continue. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Hear that wisdom. Oh, my gosh. that is. I'm taking that in this morning. Are you? Where Whatever time of day it is for you guys. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Again, he's saying, just as sin has a trap in it, human anger does not produce righteousness. Can you hear the practical wisdom? It's like meat. You know, it's not like milk where you, it's easily digested. It's like meat. You have to chew on it when you read the book of James. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Oh, I love the way James writes. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Can you hear this? He's saying, don't just listen to what I'm telling you. I love the Message Bible. I think it's here in the Message Bible where it's like he he says, don't just just let it be kind of a makeover moment. Actually do it. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Again, what's happening here? Let me stop. He says anyone who listens to the word that God is speaking to them gains knowledge. When you stand in front of a mirror, you gain a knowledge of what you look like. You say, oh, Katie, wow, this is what you look like. Oh, that's a bit bad. Oh, my gosh. And you gain knowledge of what you look like. He's saying when you gain that knowledge, if you go away and don't do anything with that knowledge, he says this, um, what he looks like, he says, sorry, but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. You've gained knowledge, but you've done nothing with it. But can you hear the Proverbs moment? But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, which is the word of God and continues in it. Not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Guys, TYB, everything we do at TYB is to get you to read the word. But I can get you to read it, but I can't get you to do it. I can lead a a water to a horse to water, but I can't make it drink. I can lead you to the word of God, but James is saying here very clearly, our word is a doing thing. Wisdom is an action. You have to not just have knowledge, you have to have wisdom. And James gives you practical wisdom on how to get through sin, how to get through temptation and all of these beautiful things, but you have to do it. I can teach you. We can preach at you every Sunday. We can we can get you the word of God, but you actually have to act this out in the burning moments. And that is what this book is saying. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongue deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Can you hear he's saying your actions mean more than your your religion? Francis Sissy says this and you probably heard it. Preach the gospel and at, at times um, use words. He's basically saying when you preach the gospel, you preach it with your actions. And he says at times you have to, may have to use words, but 
words are not the way that you preach the gospel. You preach the gospel with your life. Um, Religion that God, let me keep reading, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. Can you hear the very black and white nature of this beautiful head of Jerusalem church, leader of the church of Jerusalem, brother of Jesus, wisest, kind of like the wise man of the New Testament. He says this, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. Now, if I had finished this sentence, you would probably think, have the knowledge of the word of God, you know, which is good. I'm not saying that's bad. Know the scriptures off by heart. Be able to to quote the, the Nicene Creed of who we are. No, no, no. It says this, look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. The two things that God accepts as pure and faultless, take care of people and don't get polluted by the world. Actions. Your actions mean more to James than your words. And I love the passion of James. This is just James 1, guys. We've got so much to go. So I hope you've loved this practical New Testament, almost Proverbs book of practical wisdom. I'm going to read this last one over you. The scripture jumped back. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. God, we ask for wisdom today, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. I pray that the wisdom of God will be given to you today, and you will act it out in your lives.